More from the Media First blog. The Worst Media Interviews of 2022. Written by Adam Fisher and read by Howard Bentham. It has been another newsworthy year. Three Prime Ministers at the time of writing, a war in Ukraine and a cost of living crisis are just some of the stories that have dominated the headlines this year and seen Covid slip down the news bulletins. Some of those who have found themselves in the spotlight have handled the media expertly and will be highlighting them in another media training blog. Others have produced interviews that have left a lot to be desired. And as is our tradition at this time of year, we're going to look back at those who got it wrong and the media training lessons you can learn from them. We mentioned there have been three Prime Ministers in 2022 and they have all delivered some media interview disasters this year. Boris Johnson endured a torrid time as he struggled to manage questions on Partygate and maintain his composure. There was a particularly memorable exchange with Beth Rigby during a trip to India. The Sky News journalist asked questions about the Downing Street parties and an increasingly tetchy Mr Johnson looked at his watch never a good look in a media interview, and told her, I want to talk about the point of this trip. Ask me questions relating to the trip. If that wasn't bad enough, the interview descended into an argument about the focus on Partygate rather than the Prime Minister's trade agenda. When the political editor argued she had not spent as long on the party allegations as the BBC, the Prime Minister replied, It's not a competition. Get on to the subject of the trip. The current incumbent at Downing Street has also had his struggles. Back in March, when Rishi Sunak was still Chancellor, he struggled with questions about bread. BBC News reporter Nina Warhurst asked Mr Sunak what food item he'd noticed going up most in price at the supermarkets. It's probably, I think, bread probably is the thing, he replied. The one we buy, I'm sure, is now about £1.20. It was about a pound from memory. A reasonable response but then it began to crumble. As what kind of bread, the Chancellor said, it's a Hovis kind of seeded thing. We have a whole range of different... We have different breads in my house, a degree of healthiness between my wife, myself and my kids. That unguarded comment, presumably added to bring a snippet of his character and home life into the interview, was misjudged. Having four different loaves to choose from probably feels like a banquet to those struggling to put any bread on the table and he made the comment a day after Richard Walker, the boss of Iceland, warned that food banks were turning down potatoes because people couldn't afford to boil them. It led to a string of negative headlines, and Mr Sunak being branded Rishi Antoinette on social media. Another PR move which saw him struggle to make a contactless payment saw him labelled chip and dim by the sun. But the one that stood out for me was an uncomfortable encounter with Sky News when the conversation moved on to Mr Sunak's wife's links to Russia. Akshata Murthy, Mr Sunak's wife, has shares in an IT company called Infosys, which operates in Russia and has an office in Moscow. Mr Sunak has previously urged companies to think very carefully about their investments in Russia and how they may aid the Putin regime. So presenter Jane Secker asked whether he was giving advice to others that he was not following at home. I'm an elected politician, he said, and I'm here to talk to you about what I'm responsible for. My wife is not. A short, sharp, defensive answer which sounded much like no comment. He later compared himself to Will Smith, 
saying they had both had their wives attacked. Perhaps the most infamous media performance was produced by the person who had the shortest stay in Downing Street. Liz Truss was only in the top job for 44 days, and in that time she delivered a series of excruciating interviews with regional radio presenters. The interviews were the first time Miss Truss had spoken since the pound plummeted to record levels, and she seemed unable to move beyond rehearsed responses about a difficult winter, tough decisions and Putin's war. BBC Bristol presenter James Hansen called out her scripted answers. With respect, Prime Minister, he said, that is the same scripted answer you have given every BBC local radio station this morning. Are you ashamed of what you've done? was the first question on BBC Radio Kent. On BBC Radio Nottingham, she was accused of being a reverse Robin Hood. And there was an uncomfortable silence on BBC Stoke when presenter John Akers said any energy saving would be dwarfed by mortgage rises and called out the external forces line so prevalent in other interviews. He said, this isn't to do with external forces, this is about your mini-budget and what it's done to the economy. On BBC Radio Lancashire and BBC Radio Norfolk, it was local questions about consent for fracking and a hospital that caused the Prime Minister to stumble. So what media training lessons can you learn from these Downing Street performances? Always remain composed and don't show irritation at difficult questions. The audience is more likely to remain sympathetic if you stay calm. Personal questions often seem innocuous, but they have a habit of causing media spokespeople problems and distracting from the message they want to get across. Avoid robotic, scripted answers and don't underestimate regional media interviews. Local does not mean soft. Imagine you're a landlord. You agree to be interviewed by Channel 4 News as part of a story about rising rents during the cost of living crisis. And you want to show that those in your industry are not cashing in. Where would be a good place to have that interview? Well, landlord Sebastian Gerard decided the perfect location was the driveway of his huge gated home, complete with a Lamborghini and Range Rover on the drive. The camera technician even did a close-up of the Lamborghini badge for good measure. It's not the sort of footage that makes viewers sympathetic to your argument or financial plight. In fact, it resulted in widespread mockery and ridicule. Optics are crucial in media interviews because they impact how the audience perceives you. If you want to tell people landlords are not cashing in on the cost of living crisis, don't be filmed on your drive with flashy cars. It will undermine your message and reinforce the perception you set out to disprove. A short time after I wrote a blog on this interview, the ITN Archive Twitter account produced another perfect example of why considering the location is crucial. The tweet, which has received more than 15,000 likes and 3,400 retweets, shows an ITN report from the A19 in Teesside back in 1988. As the local councillor, Mr Davidson, argues the road is not highly dangerous, a car can be seen careering off the side of the road, swiftly followed by another car crashing into the back of another vehicle. Perfect timing. So what media training lessons can we learn from these clips? Make sure your interview location is not in a place that could contradict what you want to say. If you want to argue that landlords are struggling, don't be filmed with your luxury cars. 
If you want to argue a road is safe, having the road in the background could undermine your message. The journalist may already have a location in mind for the interview, but you don't have to accept it if you feel it doesn't work best for you. It's your interview. You can suggest alternative options. The sporting world has never drifted too far from controversy and headlines this year, and not all of them have centred on the World Cup. Cast your mind back to the summer, and a new golf tournament was the focus of media attention. Live Golf got underway in London amid a backdrop of sports-washing allegations using sport to improve reputation, and a split between players willing to take the new money and those loyal to the traditional tournaments. So you might think those taking part would be prepared to face some challenging questions during a pre-tournament press conference. You would be wrong. English golfers Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood provided a masterclass on how not to handle difficult questions when they were put on the spot by Neil McClemon from the Daily Mirror. Here's the exchange. McClemon, Lee and Ian, is there anywhere in the world you would not play if Vladimir Putin put on a tournament? Would you play there? Poulter, that's speculation. I'm not even going to comment on speculation. McClemon, in a generality, is there anywhere you would not play on a moral basis? If the money was right, is there anywhere you would not play? Poulter, after a long silence, I don't need to answer that question. McClemon, sorry? Poulter, I don't need to answer that question. McClemon, Lee, do you want to answer it? Would you have played in apartheid South Africa, for example? Westwood, you're just asking us to answer a hypothetical question there, which we can't answer a question on that. McClemon, but they are moral questions, aren't they? Embarrassing stuff. Not only were the questions badly answered, but the body language and the haunted look on their faces in the clips shared on social media and on newspaper websites suggested the golfers had not anticipated tough questions. What media training lessons can we learn from this press conference? Journalists ask speculative questions and anyone who faces the media, regardless of whether they are a sports star, should expect to answer them. Complaining about them being hypothetical makes spokespeople appear defensive. Preparation is crucial. Difficult questions could have been anticipated because of the issues surrounding the tournament and responses should have been considered. Refusing to answer a question allows a story to grow. Poulter and Westwood refused to rule out playing in a tournament organised by Putin in this press conference. Not a good look. And although in our media training we would advise against answering hypothetical questions, that doesn't mean you shouldn't prepare for them and prepare a suitable response that is better than no comment. Talking of a reluctance to tackle difficult questions, a routine celebrity interview generated huge coverage in July after a PR prevented a spokesperson from providing an answer. It happened when Harry Potter actor Tom Felton was asked a question about J.K. Rowling as the franchise marked 25 years since the publication of the first book. The actor, who played Draco Malfoy in the films, was promoting a new attraction at the Warner Brothers studio tour. And during an interview with Sky News, he faced a question about the author's absence from much of the anniversary celebrations, amid scrutiny of her position on gender and women's rights. Sky's Claire Gregory asked, 
you and other stars of the film are very much still the face of the franchise. JK obviously has more of a backseat now. Is it strange her not being around for things like this? But before the actor could answer, a voice off-camera said, Next question, please. According to a report in The Telegraph, when Sky later asked for an explanation, it was told, J.K. Rowling is not connected to Warner or Tom Felton. The team felt it was not relevant to the piece. But this was not an example of PR wizardry. The intervention backfired. Instead of keeping the focus away from an awkward issue, it shone a spotlight on it. Perhaps the most damning criticism came from Sky News, which said in an article, PRs don't and shouldn't, for all sorts of reasons, not least press freedom, dictate Sky News' editorial direction. Warner Brothers later released a statement admitting it was wholly wrong to block the question. It said Warner Brothers has enjoyed a creative, productive and fulfilling partnership with J.K. Rowling for the past 20 years. She is one of the world's most accomplished storytellers and we are proud to be the studio to bring her vision, characters and stories to life now and for decades to come. On Monday, a statement was issued by a third-party media agency that appeared contrary to this view. The statement was wholly wrong and Warner Brothers Studio Tour London regrets it happened as part of a media event that day. What can we learn from this? PR interventions in media interviews rarely achieve the desired impact. It creates the impression of an organisation that is defensive, uncertain, uncomfortable and desperate to control the narrative. It also suggests a lack of confidence in the spokesperson to answer challenging questions or not to say something controversial. And it propels stories to a wider audience. Few of us would have seen the interview had Mr Felton been allowed to answer the question. Pay has been an issue for the Bank of England governor this year, despite him earning 18 times more than the average worker. Andrew Bailey caused fury at the start of 2022 when he told workers to moderate their pay demands despite spiralling prices during a BBC interview. The comment was described as a PR clangor by Reuters. The Daily Star labelled him as the Plank of England and it earned him a rebuke from the government. And this all stemmed from Mr Bailey allowing the journalist to put words in his mouth. Asked by Faisal Islam if he was trying to get into people's heads and asking them not to ask for too big a pay rise, Mr Bailey replied broadly yes. Two words that led to damning coverage. The reporter struggled to hide his surprise at the answer. The BBC News headline read, Don't ask for a big pay rise, warns Bank of England boss. The problem for the governor is that his plea seemed tone-deaf. A well-paid man calling for others not to ask for more was never going to land well. It made him seem out of touch with the struggles people face across the country. And it's not up to workers to control inflation. It was a response that suggested a lack of preparation and media interview skill. So, you may think he would be better prepared for his next public appearance. Well, that too went badly. Appearing before the Treasury Select Committee, Mr Bailey told MPs he couldn't remember how much he's paid, got the country's median salary wrong and struggled to answer a question about the average salary for a care worker. Here's the exchange. Angela Eagle MP. Can you tell me what the median annual pay was for a full-time employee in the last period to April 2021? Bailey. Median annual pay 
I think it is somewhere in the sort of upper £20,000 range. Eagle, £31,285. Can you tell me what the median care worker wage was during the same period? Bailey, I know it is considerably lower. I can't tell you exactly what it is, I'm afraid. Eagle, £9 and 1p an hour. And 77% of care workers are paid below the living wage foundation rate. What was your pay over the same period? Bailey, substantially higher. Eagle, what was it, Governor? Bailey, it is somewhere over £500,000. I can't tell you exactly what it was. I don't carry that around in my head. Eagle, I think, including pension, £575,538. Without pension, £477,000. That's how many more times. Bailey, substantially more. It is substantially more. I know that. This resulted in more damaging coverage and added to the impression he was out of touch. From a media training perspective, why be so evasive? Saying you can't remember how much you earn feels like a slap in the face for those who count every penny. A much better approach would have been to be open about his salary and then point out it is substantially less than that of his predecessor and that he had foregone pay rises. Or show self-awareness. I know I am in a more fortunate position than most people. What media training tip can we take from this PR disaster? Don't let journalists put words in your mouth. Media interview preparation must include anticipating the difficult questions. And don't try to evade difficult questions. And with those tips, we'll bring our roundup of the worst interviews of the year to a close. Who will make it onto the naughty list in 2023? Only time will tell. If you'd like to find out more about media training and crisis communication and subscribe to our blogs, head to mediafirst.co.uk. Read and hear more from our blog at mediafirst.co.uk. Media First, specialists in communication training.